Hello and welcome back to episode four. Thanks for listening in. Today, I would like to talk a little bit about Emma's path from running away from home and staying with the woman that uh, she knew from church. Um, It did take some time for the court hearing to be scheduled, and Emma continued to stay with the young woman from church for approximately two to three weeks before court was held. And at the court date, uh, Emma's mom, Beth, was there, the young lady that she was staying with, and Emma. And the judge asked Emma uh, why she ran away from home. And Emma explained to her about the going to therapy and how much it had been helping her and how she had gotten back in school and was doing well in school and socializing and being around more friends and that Beth had wanted to take her out of counseling and really didn't give her a good reason why except to tell her that therapy the therapist had said she was insane and was getting ready to put her in a mental institution if she ever went back there the judge turned around and looked at Beth and said is this true and Beth agreed that it was not true that She basically had decided to take Emma out of therapy because it was getting too expensive for her. Um, Given that, Emma asked the judge to please not send her back home, maybe put her in foster care. Uh, She did not want to return to a home where she felt that the people that she's supposed to trust and love would lie to her. So the judge decided that she would go ahead and place Emma in a foster home. Emma didn't like the foster home. She was only there about three days and decided to run away. When Emma ran away, she stole some food from the house. She didn't know where she was going. She didn't know um, where her journey would take her, but she knew she would need some food. So she stole some food from the house and decided to make a run for it. And she was caught. The police caught her. And in the small town that she was growing up in, there was no juvenile detention. They didn't have a place to hold a 15-year-old. And so they just threw her in a regular jail cell for approximately like 15 to 18 hours until they could figure out how to transfer her to transport her to juvenile detention, which was several miles away. Um, We're talking at least 60 to 80 miles away. And um, Emma ended up being transported after spending pretty much a whole day in a regular jail cell at 15 years old to juvenile detention. She remembers being taken in a van and then having to ride a boat across the water in handcuffs to go to Juvie. And when she got to Juvie, she sat there for a couple of weeks and thought about some things. And there was a person that came in and saw her to talk to her about a correctional school called Vision Quest. Vision Quest um, had three different types of programs. Their first program was outreach, where they worked in the community and they worked with uh, juvenile delinquents and troubled children out in the community. And they helped schedule them with mental health therapy 
and helps get them on a track of getting better. Um, the second part of the program was a group home where they had uh, various different group homes, all girl group homes, all boy group homes. And um, they had staff that ran them through the week and they worked on mental health therapy. Um, also, um, they had weekly uh, group meetings, um, nightly meetings to make sure everything was running smoothly in the house. Um, they had therapy meetings. Um, requirements were to go to therapy individually um, and work on your high school diploma and get your education. So these were the types of things that were happening in the group home. And the other program they had was a wagon train that used to travel from all across the United States. They had one, they had a program on the East Coast, they had a program on the West Coast. These wagon trains would be staffed by adults and a lot of troubled teens and juveniles would um, be on these wagon trains learning how to camp um, and cook and set up for a night of camping and, um, and break down everything in the morning. And so this is a program that was supposed to help children, correct children from their delinquency and, and try to get them on a better path. They worked a lot of mental health counseling, and Emma decided that she wanted to go try the group homes out, one of the group homes. And um, it was a few hundred, it was a couple hundred miles away from where she was, um, but she wanted to try it, and she had to get approval from her mom to join. And so she had a phone conversation with her mom from Juvie and talked about it. And um, her mom agreed to let her go there. And Emma, initially when she got there, she was in a group home with six other girls. And they were popular at initiating the new girl in the household. And when they initiated the new girl, it wasn't a, a friendly situation. Um Emma was quite large. She was on a, the larger size and um, embarrassed a bit by her weight. Uh, they put her on a very strict diet when she got there um, of a, I think it was a 1500 calorie a day diet. They measured her food. They measured how much she could eat. Um, she was required to be active in sports. Um, she was on a soccer team, a volleyball team, and a baseball team through the time that she was there. Um, and Emma did lose quite a bit of weight throughout that process, but in the foster homes, they had two regular staff, um, that would work during the week. And then they had weekend staff and there was this one, Emma probably had been there a few weeks and there was this one particular staff that came, um, on the weekends. And the first initiation for Emma was her taking a shower and, she had just got in the shower. She was all soapy, shampoo in her hair, and they set off the fire alarms in the house. And the staff came in, rusted through the door, said, you got to get out now, threw her a towel, and she was forced to stand outside in the backyard in a little towel that didn't even really cover her, um, and soaking wet with soap and in her hair and all over her body for about 10 or 15 minutes until the 
fire alarms were turned off and she could go back in and finish her shower. This was an initiation phase that they often did. It was a couple of weeks later that same staff member came back and they were told to go out to the car and wash the car, clean it out in the inside, vacuum. Um, all the girls were required to go out and take part in that. So Emma decided to go ahead and um, help um, because that was what she had to do. None of the girls in the house liked her. Emma really didn't understand why, but she didn't want to talk to anybody, and she was pretty self into her, you know, pretty pretty isolated and and into just being quiet. Didn't really want to communicate, and maybe that's why they treated her that way. But they decided to spray her down with a water hose and get her soaking wet. Would not let her come in the house. The staff would not let her come in the house to change clothes. Made her sit outside in wet clothes for over two hours until dinner was ready. When she allowed her to come in, she wouldn't let her go get into dry clothes. Uh, instead, uh, forced her to eat her dinner with wet clothes on. Emma reported this to her counselor, and that staff member never returned. During the process of being at Vision Quest, um, Emma, one of the biggest things they would do is work on mental health and confronting your issues. Emma went under under hypnosis during the time she was there. She also did what was called a two-week survival journey where she was on a co-ed trip with three staff and they took a two-week survival journey out in the Hilo Wilderness of New Mexico where they had to carry 50-pound backpacks on their back every day and um there was a 65-pound food pack that everybody had to take turns carrying. But that food pack wasn't until they hiked till food drop. And food drop was approximately three days. So for three days, they basically just lived off of water. And they had to hike until they got to food. Emma remembers that was probably the best meal she ever had. It was cornbread, a vegetable stew, and a banana. And after three days of not really having a meal, it was wonderful to sit down and eat and have something to satiate her. So at 15 years old, she got to experience what it was like to go without food. And it was warm. There was a part of the journey where she had to spend three days and three nights uh, alone in a certain area out in the wilderness, and she had a person on either side of her, but you were not allowed to talk to either person on either side of you. So Emma had to maintain um, her own space and stay within her own space. She had a journal that she could journal in every day. They gave each person a small bag of nuts and dried fruit and crackers and cheese. And you had to make that last for three days. And during that time, you were to journal and um, set up your campsite. The staff would come by once a day to check on you to make sure that you were okay. And if you ever crossed the boundary and crossed the other line where the other people were on the other side of you, you would have to do this journey completely all over again. So many people did not. They stayed within their, their designated areas. Uh, Emma had a very beautiful spot. She 
had a mountain on one side of her and a big piece of flat rock, huge tree that was in a little riverbed that sat on the other side of the flat rock. And there was this mountain that was almost like a a cliff mountain of full of like just just rock and the sun would come up over that every morning and she learned to wash her clothes in the river hang them on the tree to dry um unfortunately though the um the second night that she was there a squirrel got into her food and um so she was left with very little to eat um, for her last day there and her second day there, but she managed. Um, also part of this two week survival journey was learning how to rock climb, learning how to repel, um, learning how to work together as a team. Um, you had your lead, you had your end and you communicated back and forth to each other, um, on the hikes as you hiked through the hill of wilderness. Um, every day. Um, this one particular time, there was a person that fell off of a cliff, a little foot, lost her footing and uh, fell about 30 feet down and uh, broke her leg. A homemade cot had to be made and the whole team had to backtrack about four miles to get to a clearing for a helicopter to land to come and pick her up and take her to the hospital. Um, and that kind of set everybody back um, a few days or a few hours at least um, by, you know, the going back for four miles. So given that, um, she learned a lot about herself during that time, journaling. At the end of the two-week survival journey, you were required to run six miles. And... Um, you had to start off, you basically staff was waiting for you in the middle at three miles. Um, the first six mile run, and you had to do it within 90 minutes. I believe it was 80 or 90 minutes. And um, the first six miles, the first mile was downhill, second mile uphill, third mile downhill, fourth mile uphill, fifth mile downhill, last mile, six mile uphill. And Emma, unfortunately, didn't make it uh, within, within time, the first six-mile run, and neither did another girl by the name of April. And so the two of them had to get, back, get, up, get up the next morning and do the run all over again. And they had to complete it within the time frame or their two-week survival journey was not complete. And they both got up early in the morning. This mile was even more, this run was even more difficult because the first three miles were downhill, the last three miles were uphill. And Emma remembers running back. April obviously made it back before her, but Emma had some difficulty and she ran up this hill um, when she was going back. Uh, it was the very last part of the run. She was probably two minutes shy of the time mark. And she went back and tried to run up the hill and she was exhausted. She just couldn't do it. April was at the top of the hill, all her other team members that were there. And April and another young woman ran down the hill and grabbed, April grabbed one arm. The other young woman grabbed Emma's other arm 
and they pretty much carried her up the hill so that she could finish in time. And she didn't have to complete that six mile run again. So um, she felt great that there were people that would support her and help her get through a difficult situation like that. And she learned a lot at the very end of the two week survival. Everybody had to pick a name out of a hat and whoever, whoever's name that you chose, you had to give them an Indian name and you had to explain why. And it was very interesting to Emma at the end of the survival journey. She, um, April had actually picked her name and, um, we all sat around a campfire and they all, they all sat around this campfire and, and just told each other what their names were and why they gave them these names. And April had chosen running bear for Emma and it was significant for her because um, April said the struggle for her to get back and get up that hill uh, reminded her of a running bear. And, um, they were glad to help me finish the six mile run. And um, Emma really held that name to heart for many years um, and never forgot the running bear trademark. Um, she felt that that was her, her legend, I guess, so to speak, um, as far as getting through that two week survival. Um, and again, she did learn a bit, lot about herself uh, one thing about the uh, group homes is that they were big on confronting your issues, confronting them head on and dealing with them and not like holding them inside and drowning them and, you know, whatever you could um, and just dealing with whatever you're dealing with emotionally, mentally. And they had staff that would walk around with these little pins on the side of their pant legs. They looked like little Native American beaded pins. And um, each pin, uh, they called them Bishkawalakis. And uh, each pin represented a staff member that if you decided you were going to get confrontational and get in their face or you wanted to um, yell at them or you tried to get them to get out of your face, if they were wearing a pin on the side of their pants, they had the ability to throw you down on the ground and sit on top of you um, until you calm down. They had the ability to restrain you and they could do that. Um, so you never really wanted to mess with one of those staff. And if they saw you messing with another staff that wasn't uh, required, they would get right in it with you. So Emma never experienced um, any of that while she was there, um, except for on the two week survival journey. There was a point in time where she was the end or there was a, the, the lead and the end person. And she was the end going through this hike one day. It was hot out. She was tired and exhausted. And they would hike on average eight to 10 miles a day. So it was a lot of hiking and she was tired and she stopped and she wanted to catch her breath. Well, when she stopped, everybody else had to stop and the staff was not too happy with her and they got in her face and they yelled at her um, because she was making everybody else stop because she was tired and she yelled back and automatically was on the ground with a staff member on top of her holding her down. 
and until the point where she just cried and she got up and they let her up and she apologized to everybody and explained that, you know, it was selfish of her to want to stop, but she was extremely tired and she knew everybody else was tired too. Um, but she needed a break. And I guess instead of Emma asking if they could take a break, she just decided to take it upon herself to do so. And, uh, that's what the staff did not like. Um, and so it was the only time that she ever got into a confront confrontational issue with any staff during the time that she was there. She had signed up to be there for a minimum of a year, and she actually got out in about 10 and a half months. Um, you know, you had to focus on your education while you were there, mental health counseling, getting yourself together. She did undergo hypnosis at one point and remembered back to uh, early childhood and remembered back to a birthday that she had where Christine, um, her biological mom, um, was yelling at her and she didn't, she had gotten a cake for her birthday, but wasn't allowed to have any because she had done something wrong. And she was, remember, sitting at the table crying and her mom yelling at her and walking away. And, um, Emma really never had a birthday with her biological mom, so she didn't understand what birthdays were until she was actually adopted. So uh, given that, the the time she spent in Vision Quest taught her a lot. She found, she, she um, actually uh, liked a boy there who uh, spoke to her, treated her with kindness, um, you know, paid attention to her. Uh, no boy had really ever paid attention to her before, and so she became quite infatuated with him. Everybody there at Vision Quest was there for a different reason. He was like 18 years old, and so given that she um, she was very infatuated with him, but she really liked him because, again, he paid attention to her, and he talked to her and listened to her, and um, she really hadn't experienced that with any boy or man in her life. So um, she never really had a father figure um, or a man figure to even look up to. So uh, just getting a little bit of attention from someone really like made her feel good about herself. During the two weeks two-week survival, um, Emma did lose about 16 pounds over two weeks. Um, that was quite common with the kids that you would lose weight. Um, at the end of the two-week survival, you went back and you got to uh, spend time with your family. Um, they had a circle that had what was called a circle. All the kids had to stand in a circle, hold hands, talk about their experience, what they've learned about themselves, what they've learned about their families, what they've learned about who they are as people, and um, had to go in kind of in-depth detail about the experience. And then once everybody was done talking, um, they got, they were allowed to go home with their family for a few days. And Beth was there to meet Emma. And um, when Emma was done with her talking and they were all done speaking, um, Emma went up to her mom and hugged her and cried um, and apologized to her mom for... Um, putting her through so much from running away from home to not wanting to be there and um, 
she apologized to her mom and asked her mom if she could please take her to go get a cheeseburger and a strawberry shake with some fries. She was so she wanted some something real, some real food, because they became a vegetarian for two weeks. There was no smoking allowed. There was no drinking allowed. There was nothing allowed. Um, but vegetarian food—that's all you could have. And um, so uh, Beth was more than happy to take her to go get a cheeseburger, fries, and a strawberry shake. So um, I'm gonna leave the the end of it right here because there's a lot more to talk about between the age of 13 and 15 when Emma ran away from home and before she went into the correctional school uh, group homes called Vision Quest. And um, I'm going to probably talk about that in episode five. Um, There's just a lot to touch base on. So thanks for bearing with me and uh, listening today. And I'm going to go ahead and close and say, please remember to be kind to yourself. Give yourself some grace. Know you're worthy. You're loved. You're important. You are enough. And you're a beautiful being. And remember, please, if you need a mental health day, uh, if you need a mental health break, please take it. Thank you so much for listening today. And I look forward to uh, talking with you again soon. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.